Hello and welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 191st episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. You first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, 100, 124, 130, 136, 142, 143, 148, 151, 154, 156, 176, 184, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. And now on to the show. Cabaret so good. It looks good. <laughs> I was just at the store and I was like, can't let another day pass by without the Cadbury egg at least one. Cadbury eggs are amazing. <laughs> they really are. I mean, although I didn't actually have them as a child. Oh no, yeah, I did later. I don't think as a young child I was allowed them. I remember that they were a thing because I remember other people talking about them. Like it was an obvious part of Easter and being like, I've never had those or heard about them or seen them. Or... That wasn't, I think, until, I don't know. Surely I'd had a Cadbury egg before I met you. Maybe. I'm trying to remember my the first one that I had. I, I just, I know I didn't ever have them, like, growing up. They weren't something my parents put in the Easter baskets or whatever. Hmm. Anyway. That's off subject, but <laughs> I just wanted to say Although Anna. that is on a subject that I would like us to get into on a future episode. I would like us to talk about Yeah, we could just record that episode now. And... We could. I mean, we could always, you know, we could record both if we have enough time. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, let's just see how it goes. Okay, but you want to? You still want to do this one? I do. <laughs> this is just this is a good combination of the Bailey's and the. Uh... It's probably the most holidayish of this times hmm. thing you could be having right now because you got St. Patrick's Day and Easter covered right there, and those are the oh holidays gosh. that we're closest to. You know. What about a black and tan? Is that like mixed with some kind of beer? Mm. Question mark. No. Yes. Is that Bailey's and Guinness or no? It could be. Is that wrong? Or is it Bailey's and Harp? I don't I've know. clearly not actually had one of these. But what is the thing that's... What's well, an you, Irish car bomb? That's though. what I was trying to get at. Although, isn't that like offensive? I think now that's not an okay thing to say. Maybe. If they were workshopping that now, they probably wouldn't probably not <laughs> go with that name. I think that is where... There's a shot of something. I haven't something. heard a, uh, another name for it, though, of you. I mean, that's just what it's called, right? I think. Yeah, but clearly I'm not up on the bar lingo because I can't even remember how this is constructed. There's there's a beer, right? And there's a shot of something, and then you actually drop the shot glass into the beer? Mm-hmm. Is that? And then you drink the whole thing? Well, what's a Boilermaker? Something else. Mm. Is it the same as the Irish Car Bomb, but with different ingredients? Hmm. That I don't know. See, I feel like speculating about this is probably more fun than actually like finding out the <laughs> truth. Yeah, Googling just ruins all the mystery. It does. No, I, I often think about that. As much as our phones have made it so convenient to just find things out so quickly, anytime, some of the best times in my life have been arguing about details that could easily be cleared up by, you know, a quick search. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like, I remember in high school, um, I spent like an entire evening in a friendly argument with somebody about 
the lyrics to that Red Hot Chili Pepper song, you know, Scar Tissue. <laughs> uh, it was specifically the the part um, with the blood that's shed, or or is it with the purple shade or with the birds that shared? That's the thing. I, th- I think that's the last one's correct. Right? Yeah, but I'm saying like I spent a fun and memorable evening hanging out in downtown Bloomington with like high school friends arguing about this. That fun and memorable evening could never happen. Yeah, somebody would like pull out their phone and yeah, like it would have been like Shazam it or something. It would have been a two minute like one person says this, the other person says that, third person is like, well, actually, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it's over. That's so much less fun. Definitely. It's not that I don't love technology. I'm just saying, with every game, there's some loss, too. Well, technology definitely gives and takes away, especially with what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, (laughs) what we've just said now, I think you should definitely keep in, because this was was a good good intro, but has nothing to do with the actual topic of the show. So we should probably introduce the topic, right? Also, you haven't introduced me. Are you saying that people don't know who you are already? I don't want to presume. You are my, besides Jonathan, most most common guest. I'm also the only woman that you film with inside your house. That's true. Calls coming from inside the building. True. Can they tell, like, does it sound different uh-huh. in the episode when it's like one person is coming through the computer or the yes. phone and the other person yeah so i'm saying like i'm probably one of the few people that you do face to face with jonathan like, was the only one yeah well we did that crossover episode with the three of us that was when he came to our house yes Other than that, i'm though. just saying as far as people that you're recording in in the home no every yeah you're, you're the only one so it's ash yeah <laughs> <of> applause for me <laughs> like to think that there's some confetti cannons going off somewhere. Someone's like, it's like... I like to think it's like on the sitcom where the character shows up and... And like the special audience, music plays and, and the, the audience, audience just, just goes wild. Like yeah. Kramer comes through the door, you know? It's weird. I'd forgotten about that. It's been so long since I've like seen a sitcom. Or when Urkel, Steve Urkel comes in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a whole thing. There was the, the whole entrance every time. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we should get we we should tell we're people what this episode closer, is going any, to be any about, to where we so were, that they we're will hopefully be enticed to continue listening with the promise of what we're going to be speaking about. <laughs> but like you were saying, it's it's the journey, not the destination. That's so, true. Um, but the journey we're going to be taking is to do with we have three children, one of whom is with us <laughs> in the room. Um, but she's a small and, and sleeping. Yes. She's actually not sleeping, but she's very sleepy. And so mm-hmm. she's, she's going to be more of a rather silent baby, mm. um, participant. Or is that point in the Cadbury where you can't really, there's not enough to hold on the outside and it's falling in on itself and you just kind of have to go for it or it's going to fall down. And that's when you get too much Cadbury egg sometimes in your mouth. But I think that. Being able to pick off pieces in smaller bites is, is fun, but up near no. the best up near the top. Now, I know you're going to reject this proposition, because you're going to feel about this probably the same way you felt about when I suggested that we make crescent rolls instead of getting the canned ones for Thanksgiving. But 
I would like to reach a point in our lives where instead of buying Cadbury eggs, we could construct our own chocolate eggs. <laughs> All we would need is some kind of an egg-shaped candy mold, and then we would have to figure out how to make a filling. But we could make them probably at least somewhat better for us and out of better ingredients. So theoretically... I'm not saying I wouldn't try it. I'm just saying theoretically the eggs we can instruct would be a much higher quality. I'm, wa- like, I, I'm willing to try it. I do I do think that those Cadbury people we could use, know how to make... Sure. I'm, not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying we could use <laughs> a, a cream egg. really good quality chocolate. And if, if we weren't worrying about it being shelf-stable, I think we could use like an actual cream inside the egg. Instead of whatever, you know, the sugar paste or fondant or whatever it is that they have in there. I think it's almost like your family, how you said that people would fight over the end piece of the uh, cranberry sauce. Yes, just because it's like... It's or, it's a worse quality. We know now know that because you've been know. making homemade cranberry sauce that's much better and better for you, but there is just something about There's the that. nostalgic memory. Still, I, I still, even though I have that memory, I'm fully converted to making my own cranberry no, sauce. I'm, that's a bad example because you have converted But I'm saying that like the cranberry <laughs> sauce... But I'm saying people hold on to these things because yes. they're, uh, you know... And I'm not discouraging you from loving the Cadbury eggs. I'm just saying, I imagine if we went to, like, a really high-end chocolatery or chocolatier or whatever, a high-end candy-making shop. isn't it? I don't know. Mm. If we went to a high-end chocolating shop, like, I'm imagining, like, a dream scenario where we're, like, spending Easter in Paris or something. Oh, wow. I bet there are high-end chocolate eggs. Like, I think the Cadbury egg is, like, the grocery store version of something else that was, like, already existing before they started making it. Okay, well, I... So I'm just saying, we could be making these in our own home, and I bet they would be glorious. I have had knockoff Cadbury eggs, and I was not impressed. I'm not talking about a knockoff Cadbury egg. That's that's going in the wrong direction. No, I know you're not talking about that. I'm saying you... You're saying that Cadbury eggs are a grocery store version of a thing that people really make that is probably better. Yes. I haven't had that. The only thing that I've had that's not that is a lesser quality version of a Cadbury egg that's like filled with runny caramel. Well, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting we go to the higher end. I bet right now if I opened up the internet and went to like, what are those like fancy delivery, like, I don't know, like... William Sonoma or like Harry and David's or something. I bet you could get someone in Easter basket delivered with some kind of artisanal chocolate eggs in it right now, and I bet they would be pretty good. And those aren't even as good as the ones I'm imagining. I'm just saying they're probably better than Cadbury. And I'm not saying that because I'm saying that Cadbury is not good. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be fun to make like a real authentic, personalized chocolate egg? Yes. I just that's the kind of thing I like to do, but. I would like to propose something. Yes. I would like to propose that we continue to speak and that we make this be the episode where we talk about things that go in Easter baskets. <laughs> we've already been talking about it for like five minutes. And we can save the other episode idea okay. either to record either later tonight or another day. Because I feel like we ha- this is good material to use in that episode. I don't want to try to reconstruct this conversation later because it's right. not going to be as good we're, we're keeping it in it's fine um yeah so let's let's go, so, let's segue into talking about yes the best easter basketry because i consider myself to be a master class easter basket maker <laughs> right. it's probably one of the things i do best 
I agree. And I also have a lot of opinions that are just based purely... Some of my opinions, I think, are based in, you know, I have some backup for them. And some of them are purely just based in my own taste. But I have a lot of opinions, and I'm sure you do too, about what are the best and worst things that are often found in Easter baskets, could be found in an Easter basket that you would or wouldn't put in one, or that you have received or haven't, or just that you've seen at the store, or whatever, and were horrified. Mm. I have so much to say about this, actually. I'm really excited. So, do you want to start with the worst? Yeah, let's let's start with the worst. Okay. And, and things can be bad for a number of reasons. Oh yeah, let's okay. go with the worst. Like the other day, I just I just remember just now one thing I'd love to talk about. For years, you and I have talked about how we find the chocolate crucifix to be a little bit of an uncomfortable item. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it feels a little... I think that biting into the crucifix, to me, feels a little wrong. And it's it's strange because it's like, surely the only person who's going to buy the chocolate crucifix is someone who has strong religious feelings about Easter. But surely to them, biting into the chocolate crucifix should be the worst of all. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't even ever want to, like... Bite into a execution device. It just it seems mentally to me it seems like a disturbing. Once you understand what that cross means, which is kind of the point of Easter, right? Yes, and I'm saying like, surely casual celebrants of Easter probably aren't buying the chocolate crucifix. I assume it's marketed towards people that want to make the Easter basket extra Christian. But if you're really extra Christian feeling, like so Christian that you want to make your Easter basket more Christian than usual, wouldn't you not want to bite into the crucifix? Because doesn't that seem kind of almost like you're desecrating a sacred object? All I'm saying is, if Jesus came back and I was in charge of making his Easter basket, I would not put this in his Easter basket. And see, I thought you were going to say, if Jesus came back and he came back at the moment and somehow he came back into your house and like he sees you biting oh, into wow. the chocolate crucifix. That would be the worst That would be so disappointing. I think he would not necessarily, if he came back just somehow in that moment, he's not been looking at you prior to that moment. He's looking at you now as you bite into the chocolate crucifix. I assume he wouldn't necessarily think you were on his team. Yeah. I, wow. Yes. Yeah. But, 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 but the thing that made me think of that actually was the thing that I saw recently. I think I horrifying. I think I was so horrified. I texted you a <coughs> screenshot of this item that I came across because I was looking at Easter basket fillers, and I came upon an Easter basket filler that's like an egg, and this is supposed to be something you buy in like large quantity bulk. I assume for a church Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. Although our kids have been to a couple church Easter egg hunts, and we never turned up anything like this. Mm-hmm. It was the Jesus that emerges out of the Easter egg. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That was... I thought that special. was a little bizarre. Yes. Like, I think that the conceptualization was that the egg kind of like the tomb and then, no, look, Jesus really is here. But it's not a good... It's not a well-thought-out thing. It's weird, and what is the child supposed to do with the Jesus after they get him? Because it's kind of like how, okay, we have that... We have a toy nativity set. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a toy, and I got it because I wanted the kids to be able to interact with it and have a good time. At the same time, though, 
I kind of encouraged them to keep it, you know, with the other nativity pieces. And they wanted to use the baby Jesus as, like, a hostage in some kind of scenario involving Batman. And I told them they couldn't do that because I didn't think that was cool. (laughs) And I kind of feel the same way about the plastic Jesus that comes in the Easter egg. Like, is the child supposed to play with it? Because that seems kind of uncool. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we want our children to be having superhero adventures with the baby Jesus along with outside toys. Yeah. So it's like we... So so let alone now I'm talking about this was this figurine that comes in the egg was like an adult Jesus. Yes. It still doesn't seem right to play with it like it's an action figure. But no. what else is the kid supposed to do with it? Just be like, oh, look, it's a small plastic Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's so yeah, to me, to me that is not a good... Easter basket. Well, it seems it seems unnecessary. Um, but that's getting into the difference between the pagan and Christian symbols. You know. What no, I mean? it, it's not really. No, not at all. No, I just I just mean I just mean that like to me, a oh, item God. that is religiously special doesn't translate well into being eaten or. Being a toy. Okay, well, I guess you were likening it to I'm fine with chomping into a chocolate bunny. Right, that's what I was saying. Like, you, we, we're we okay with that religion mixing, you know, the but I think thing. I think the issue, though, maybe is that the bunny is not exclusive to paganism. Like, many people that are chomping into the chocolate bunnies are not pagan and there's also bunnies we we experience bunnies in many contexts that are not religious we don't experience the crucifix or jesus in a non-religious context like even if you are not a christian if you're looking at a crucifix like a crucifix necklace or a statue of Jesus somewhere, even if that's not special to you as far as your own religion, I think you're still aware that it's special to someone else. Like, I would equally not chomp into, like, a chocolate star of David or, like, want, like, a strange little plastic... Yeah, but a star of David is not a murder device. True, but I still wouldn't bite in... I still wouldn't feel right biting into it. I do think there's something to be said for the fact that the cru- the crucifix is a murder. Yes, device. that does make it more. Does disturbing. add another layer it, to it. It does. I totally agree. I'm just saying that it's even also a beyond symbol and even beyond that, I just I wouldn't chomp into a religious specific symbol. I don't think that bunnies are a religious specific symbol. I don't know. They're not. I'm just saying. What I feel like they're used in religious iconography. Yes, but they're also used... They're not used exclusively in religious iconography. Yeah, but religions borrow from each other all the time. What, I'm just saying, no we have... We have a delightful little dollhouse that has little flocked bunnies that live in it. And I don't think you or I or anyone else would look at that dollhouse and think that it's like some kind of a pagan dollhouse because the characters in yeah, there are bunnies. they made the pagan things up there wasn't that much to look at this kind of use what was around i'm just using that as an example of the fact that bunny we have we experience bunnies in so many different contexts there are actual bunnies hopping by outside 
I have yet to see actual Jesus go walking by outside. For, and fortunately, I've also avoided seeing anyone being crucified outside. That would be worse. Yeah. yeah, that would be worse. But I'm saying, like, we have real bunnies in our lives. We have toy bunnies. We have stuffed bunnies that are not even associated with Easter just because bunnies are cute. <clears throat> we have the little dollhouse figurine bunnies. There are bunnies on various children's clothing. Bunny, We have little plates that are shaped like a bunny's head for the children to eat off of. I'm just saying that it's... I think that biting into a chocolate bunny is totally non-religious. I don't, I don't know. I feel like a pagan might disagree with you. I think that you're going to have to ask a pagan about that, but I think you're wrong. Okay. I, I'm guessing that pagans... It's not my view. I'm saying I think that in their view, they take it seriously. And they, they I'm not... I don't it. think that the bunny is special to the pagan religion any more than maybe a number of other animals could potentially be. It's not like the... Like, I think that you are mistakenly thinking that the bunny... Is of enormous significance, and it's not. Well, it's of some significance. Isn't sure, it? but like the, bunny's of, is, the bunny is of significance to everyone. True. Like, do you know any human being that doesn't like bunnies? <laughs> no. <laughs> so. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like I don't. That's why I don't think that I don't think it's the same at all as the crucifix. Yes, steady. But yes, I, I do think it is disrespectful to eat these symbols of people's religions in general. That's not cool. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I wouldn't need a Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a little bit like, hold the phone, is this okay to be <laughs> chomping into? Do you, are you going to start with the toes or the head? Yeah. Although I do remember... There's chocolate Santas, though. True, but... Oh, is that a separate note? I he's he's like not a religious figure. Though. He's Yeah, I mean, he's vaguely, if you want to go like St. Nicholas, they're... Um, she can play with that. We just need to move that thing so she's not going to slip and fall. I was trying to stand. I just think standing on the piano to play with the bead maze is doing too much. But you just think you just think all religious... Uh, yeah, move that further away so if she yeah. falls down, she won't hit her head on the... No, no, further away from the couch so if she falls down, she won't hit her head on the... Yeah. But then also move the piano away. Um, yeah, I just think biting into a religious symbol is... Disturbing and seems inappropriate to me. Although, obviously, the people who manufacture and continue to manufacture the cross disagree. Anyway. But, what was I about to say about the. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, though I do remember having many in depth conversations with my brother about whether to start with the ears or the toes of the mm -hmm. Easter bunny. Because I made the joke about you bite into the head or the feet, but I do remember thinking about, that about, the, about the bunny as well. Where do you start? Where do you think is the best to start? I feel like I would usually start with the ears. So I see that I have, I have an opinion about this, and it depends on whether or not it's a solid or a hollow. Because if it's a hollow, you actually should start with the ears, because you're more likely to get a massive chocolate more down towards the feet area. Oh yeah, that's a good they, point. They they usually hollow out the big ear. They they sell it with the big ear, but the the big ear is on. It just like there's nothing in there. So you say so you crunch into the ears and it kind of collapses in your mouth. If it's a solid, you should not eat the ear first because that's the thickest part. Now this is probably partially due to being a small child, and so in my memory everything is bigger than it probably was in real life. But put this on the positive Easter candy side of the thing that we'll be jumping into later. My grandma would always mail us 
a chocolate bunny for Easter. And I remember them being these giant, like these, just these huge, like massive block of chocolate bunnies. And I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure like that was just because, you know, as a small child, you know, you imagine things are bigger than they really are. But it was always like this, a big deal that we would be like super excited about, like the bunnies that she would send us. Yeah. And I remember she would like search for the ones that were the solid chocolate, not the hollow ones. Because there were a couple times when she got the hollow ones and she would be like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So she was going for solid. Yeah, she would always like, she would always, you know, we would call her on Easter and talk to her and she would always ask how the bunny was and like, it was just, it was a thing. But anyway, going back to the things we don't want to find in the Easter basket. Um... The other thing that I was telling you about today is that I also have recently become aware that you can buy a bag of only black jelly beans. That's so disturbing to me. It's disturbing to me, too, because I don't like the black jelly beans. I mean, I don't really like jelly beans, but I particularly, if I had to eat the jelly beans, it wouldn't be the black ones. But the thing that I was thinking, though, is that I think that the thing that happens is where people that don't like something or people that like something that a lot of people don't like, like it more because they're proud of the fact that they like it. And liking that thing becomes like a part of their identity almost. Being in the minority and liking something, Mm -hmm. it becomes like a special feature. You know, because I guarantee you there are more people that like other colors of jelly beans than the black ones in general. But they don't sell those by themselves because it's just kind of like those people are just normal people and liking regular jelly beans isn't like a part of their identity. I think the people that like the black jelly beans, it's like you take a little special pride and like it's part of who you are. It's like, oh yeah, so-and-so, she likes those black jelly beans, you know? It's like the people that like the bananas and the um, run the candy, you know, the... I am one of those people. Well, they good. don't, okay, they that's don't taste... because you can eat all of them I don't, I don't have any, like, I think that the last time I ate a runt was, like, 20 years ago, and I haven't had a need to, like, have one since then. Just in theory, though, I've always liked those banana ones. Wow. Yeah. But they don't taste like banana. They have their own special flavor. People that like them will agree with me. They have their own special flavor. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like banana. Because I don't normally, like, I can't think of any other banana-flavored item that I would want. Uh-huh. But those are good. I think the strawberry ones are okay too. I think. And what are the other flavors? Was there a green kind? Lime, orange, cherry. Hmm. I thought there was strawberry, but I could be wrong. Strawberries, pink, pink ones. I, I thought that I, I, pink I, ones are strawberry. I like the pink. I'm trying to like flash myself back to the last time I was eating some runs. I'm like inside my childhood home. I'm holding them in my hand. The colored coating is melting onto my hand on the outside as I decide which one to eat. Yes. Anyway, going back to Easter basketry. Um, what what are what can you think of that you would say no to in the Easter basket? Um, I like you know the coins are not very good to eat. They're kind of. Oh, you mean the chocolate coins? Yeah, the 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 coins are fun to see. Do you get those in the Easter basket, though? I thought so. My mom would always put them in our Christmas stockings. I thought that was like a traditional thing. 
I don't remember ever getting them for Easter. I'm not yeah, saying that, that that doesn't mean that people don't. I felt like maybe I got them in my Easter basket sometimes. I'm sure or that maybe they it was like a. Was it a St. Patrick's Day basket or something? I don't know. I might want to edit that part out. I'm not entirely sure if that was an Easter basket or not. I feel like there was some money, like a like a dollar bill wrapped up, like. A I've gotten actual coins. I've gotten actual coins in, a, in an egg, like, you know, like some pennies or whatever, oh. like, and your parents kind of empty out the change drawer and put into <laughs> the Easter eggs. Um, I guess it's it's fun to make Easter eggs, you know, dyeing them, but I think if you're a kid and you, you see them in your basket, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, my parents would always do that. They would put yeah. the hard-boiled eggs that we'd colored right. in the Easter basket. and I guess the idea is that you would get hungry and eat one, but I wasn't going to eat one right then. I think also it's just like it makes the basket look more full. Yes. That's the real reason. I don't know. <laughs> but I think part of my repulsion... I guess unless I want to put eggs all around my house. <laughs> part of my repulsion <laughs> with the hard-boiled yeah. eggs is that I don't like hard-boiled eggs anyway. So it would help if you liked them a lot. Maybe if I loved hard, maybe if I things. loved hard-boiled eggs, I'd be excited to get a hard-boiled egg in my basket. Even as a child, I even as a child when I ate hard-boiled eggs, I just thought they were okay. I wasn't like psyched to eat them. Yeah. I think also. I think as, I, I can respect the hard-boiled eggs in the Easter basket more as an adult, probably, than I said as a child, though, from the perspective that, like, as a child, I think you see the hard-boiled egg in your basket, and you kind of think, this could be candy or, you know, like a little toy or something, but instead it's this egg. As an adult, I realize it's like, it could just be like, the hard-boiled egg is not there. You're not getting something else, so it's fine. But I'm saying as a child, you kind of see... It's kind of like how as a kid, when you get socks for Christmas, you're like, oh, socks. And you imagine that if your parents hadn't given you the socks, they could have given you, like, something you actually wanted. But in reality, the socks are something that they needed to get you. They weren't going to, like, get you some other toy or something instead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But... Let's see, what else do you not want to find in your Easter basket? Like me personally or just yeah, in general? Um I mean I feel like I liked a lot of the things that I got mm-hmm. in my Easter basket. Yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike my Easter baskets growing up at all. Yeah, I mean oh, okay, I can think of one thing that I've always that I I, I remember, okay. There's a little bit of a background story here. and I don't think anybody will listen to this episode that will be offended by this, so it's really fine. So, at one point, after my parents divorced, um, it was my dad's turn to have us for Easter. Mm-hmm. And he was, at the time, dating a woman who... He didn't end up staying with this person, so that's why I'm saying I can tell this story, because... <laughs> <laughs> And she also, so he's dating this woman, and she also had a couple of children. And she was also having her kids for Easter, so they decided to, like, do the Easter with us all together, which I think was not a good idea. But anyway, um, so they made an Easter egg hunt for us, but all the things in the Easter egg hunt were, like, 
like a plastic egg with like three raisins in it or like some carob chips or and even that could be okay for like I think with like a toddler that would be fine because you know a toddler like like if like if we gave Emerald an Easter egg with like some raisins in it right now that's our three-year-old mm -hmm. she would be psyched she loves raisins yeah but I feel like by the time you're like in elementary school age or older child you're not really going to be fooled by, like, three raisins and a plastic egg. And this was, like, the whole Easter egg hunt. Like, it was, like, three raisins, some carob chips. But, like, the worst part was, like, little, like, love notes. Like, little notes that said, like, You are loved. Or, like, you are a special being in the universe. <laughs> or, like, or, like, or some of them were certificates that you could redeem for things, like, Redeem this for a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that coupon coupons in general I've decided only work under certain scenarios and I think the easter egg hunt is not an ideal scenario for the coupons yeah, I agree I guess you wouldn't find that I, I find that plus something else I wouldn't like to find yeah peeps ooh and see that's a hot button one kind of it's not exactly like the black jelly beans because I think the mine. I think that the black jelly beans are like a minority of no, people like them. Most people like. I think most people like peeps, so I don't like them either. I hate peeps. And I actually, I really appreciate the taste of marshmallow, but I don't That's think not that peeps, peeps don't taste like marshmallow. It's, pe it's peep material, whatever they. Make but the peep material out. is missing whatever it is that makes regular marshmallows flavorful. Maybe it's vanilla. Is it that they don't have vanilla? In I them? don't know. Or is it just that they're made of very low quality marshmallow? I didn't even realize they were trying to be marshmallows. I think they're marshmallows, aren't they? I guess. I thought that was the whole thing. They're like a marshmallow that's been fashioned so, into a like, chick. Marshmallow looks like that. And well, because they're little birds. They're not the same consistency. I love the idea of peeps. They're cute. They're just disgusting. Yeah, also, some of them are in those little bunny shapes, I think. Oh, yeah. Those are worse. Do they taste different? I think because there's such a crease along the side of the ears, it like creates like a skin. <laughs> Is it like I'm hard? I'm forcing myself out talking about this. Are you sure that you're not talking about one that's like on stale? I don't know. But how can you tell if a peep's gone stale, really? <laughs> I don't know. If, if, yeah, if it's if it's several years expired, I'm sure yeah. it's gone stale. I guess that's true. Do you want more? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I also I also recently discovered the um the trying to capitalize on that whole elf on the shelf thing, that thing I showed you today. The peep mm -hmm. on the binge or whatever. It wasn't the peep on the binge, it was like a peep. What's and the reason I keep having found so many weird things is that I'm obviously doing a lot of online shopping these days. Mm. But I discovered that there's a thing that's supposed to be you know, it, it's it's like a version of the elf on the shelf, but it's a giant peep. I assume it's supposed to be for joking purposes. You know, for someone who super loves peeps and you would buy this for them and be like, haha, you love peeps so much, I got you this giant peep on the shelf. But but it still looked like it was legit. Like, I mean, it was, it cost as much as an actual elf on the shelf kit and it seemed like it had like the plush peep that's going to sit in your home and there was some kind of a book that talked about how the peep was going to be spying on you or whatever, I assume. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was really horrifying. But peeps are definitely, like, people love peeps beyond just loving peeps. Because you can get stuffed animals of them. You can get, you know what I mean? There's, like, it's not just that they're a food. It's, like, they're a food that people are fans of. Yes. 
I know that people feel strongly about this. I think the fact that they come in so many colors helps because people have a favorite color and then you get your favorite color peep, maybe. And I think there are different flavors, too. Which, I mean, makes sense in the fact that I think regular peeps are just flavorless, right? <laughs> so I'm sure it's easy to just impose whatever artificial flavor you want to on top of that. I'm sure it's one of those things where they're like, it's a no-fat food because your body doesn't recognize it as actual like food and it just rejects it. I mean, isn't it like 98% <laughs> sugar, though? Yeah. Although no actual oils <laughs> used. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like particular. Oh, gumdrops. I remember having some generic gumdrops in my Easter basket as a child and thinking, like, these are not good. I think my parents, that's when we started doing the thing where we would stick them between the toothpicks, you know? You have, like, gumdrops and you have a toothpick, you stick in one, and you stick gumdrop on the other end, and then you stick a, a toothpick out the other side, and then you stick a gum. It's like, and it turns into, like, a building project. Oh, well, that would be fun. But I'm saying we did that, I think, because... Because we no one wanted to them. eat the gumdrops, yeah. But that was... We used But them. that was fun. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... That seems worth But I don't remember eating a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying gumdrops are disgusting, I, but they I keep picked making a few, them somehow. Yeah, I think people have nostalgia for them. But was there a time when gumdrops were better? Like, are there better gumdrops that I've just not had? Or are they all terrible? How and they there's be a better? Time, I don't know, made of, like, more, more flavorful, maybe? I don't know. I don't think... Maybe they just don't have very high standards for, like, seasonal candy, because they don't think they have to. People just always come back every year, you know? Gumdrops are the kind of thing where I like the idea of them. Like, they look cute. They do. They, they look super cute, but yeah, they're not good. No. But what about what you would like to find in your Easter basket? Ooh. Like, me now, or just theoretical me as a child, or... Either one. I mean, I've already talked about the chocolate bunny. I think as a, as a kid, that was my, like, the one thing that I needed to have. Anything else was just kind that's of a, extra. That's the centerpiece. Yeah, I, th I think anything else was just extra. That was the one thing I would always, like, look forward to. Um, like we already discussed, I didn't have Cadbury eggs as a kid, but I do understand why people like them so much now that I've had them. Mm -hmm. Um... I know our kids last year were a huge fan of the M&M's. Mm -hmm. Remember Emma called them Nom Nom Noms? <laughs> yes, that was very funny. So I remember she was so excited when she when she came out and saw her Easter basket that she was just pulling the M&M's out and eating them. And she like totally, for probably like an hour, ignored all of the other stuff in the basket because she was just like busy eating the M&M's. Mm -hmm. There's some things that you like a lot, like those, um, the little chicks and the bunnies. What are those? The, su oh, the sweet, sweet tarts. tarts. But there's also other versions of those now, right? Mm. Are there? Don't Sour Patch make some of those or something, too? I thought so. Do they not? Maybe. Okay, but the sweet tarts are like the one you thought of, so that must be the best well, one. I just like sweet tarts. Yeah. But they make them in the little Easter shapes and they do. like that. Um, you also like the jelly beans that are the um, Starburst ones, yeah. I do, but I feel like there's others that are moving in on... I think every every fruit-flavored candy has now made itself into a jelly bean, have they not? Sour Patch. Starburst. Starburst. Skittle. Skittle. Jolly yeah. Rancher, question mark? Yeah, definitely. But those are good. 
What about um, Beyond Candy? Beyond Candy, let's talk about other kind of Easter basket items. My mom used to always get us, and this is something that is super cheap and that I always really enjoyed. Probably not every year, but often enough that it was like a kind of a traditional reoccurring thing. My mom would get us those, and I don't even know, do they make these anymore? I haven't seen one of these in a long time. It's like a rabbit, we called them bendy bunnies. It's like a Easter rabbit toy, but it's made of kind of rubber on the outside, but it has wire inside so you can bend it. Oh, yeah. So it's like maybe grasping mm-hmm. onto the edge of your basket or something. We always, like, went nuts for those. Like, we would play with them and play with them. We didn't just, like, toss them out after Easter. Like, they, like, were, like, little characters that lived in our toy box and did weird things with the other toys. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, that's one of those things, like... I feel like we would always twist the arm too much. Eventually the wire would break break. and my mom would have to throw it away. I'm sure that's why she got these for us at, you know, several times over the years to replace the ones that had not made it. But still, I'm just saying it wasn't like we just tossed them out immediately after Easter. Like we kept those around and like really did a lot with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell you one thing that I strongly dislike that is an Easter basket non-candy staple. And it's taken me years to fully just own the fact that I hate this. You know what I really hate? Mm. It's sidewalk chalk. It's the worst. (laughs) Go off. (laughs) I think as a kid, I remember that I thought it was okay, except that we never really had a sidewalk most of the places that I lived, so we didn't... I think we got chalk a few times, and then there was nothing to do with it, so I never really, like, did much with it. I always assumed it was something that other people were having a lot of fun with. And so, once we had kids, I thought, yeah, of course we're going to get some chalk in the Easter basket. That's just a classic, and then we're just going to be sidewalk chalking. And there's people that I follow on Instagram that do cute chalk things. Like, they draw these really cute chalk pictures in their driveway, and they photograph their kids with them, and it's, like, so magical and wonderful, and it was, like, so good. The thing that I hate about the chalk is that I hate the chalk dust. It goes everywhere. It gets on everything. I hate the way it makes my hands feel. Like, the second the chalk dust touches your hands, it's like they feel terrible. You're wearing those gloves, honestly. Probably. And then it gets on the children's clothes. Oh, yeah, Even if everyone's careful, it gets on the shoes, and then you walk inside, and then your carpet is rainbow-colored. And then once you've drawn with the chalk... If you don't have, like, a power hose or something to clean the chalk away, you're stuck with whatever chalk drawing perpetually. Like, it can even rain and the chalk won't wash all the way away. Like, it can take months for the chalk to leave. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Yes. I mean, I think if you have, like, a like a power washer or, like, a scrubby brush or something, that would probably take care of that. But if you're just kind of thinking you're going to draw and then... Nature will just kind of clear the chalk away for you. It's never going to happen that way. Never. But yeah, so I finally have decided to come out as someone who hates chalk. Just... Because it's it's one of those things... Do you hate all chalk or just sidewalk chalk? I haven't had enough experience with other chalk to decide. I know I hate sidewalk chalk, though. Hmm. I just despise it. And I say this as someone that at one point had a fantasy about getting that chalkboard paint and making like a chalkboard wall on her house. You would never do that, no. 
Well, I actually wanted to do that still until I was reading some reviews about people that had done it and they were saying you shouldn't do it if you have carpet and that made all the sense to me. So if we ever had a non-carpeted room, I would consider it. It's like a hardwood floor. Or just anything that you can clear away because otherwise imagine all the colored chalk dust falling down into the carpet and you can try to clean that, but it's going to be so gross. I agree. Yeah. But I think particularly sidewalk chalk, I just... I don't feel bound to put that in the Easter baskets the way I once did. I think several years in a row I felt like the Easter basket's not complete unless... It's it's like one of those things, like you got to have chalk and you got to have bubbles. I still think bubbles are essential. Bubbles, yeah. If I'm a kid, I'm, I'm expecting bubbles. Yeah. Frankly. I mean, that's kind of as a kid when your bubble supply gets topped up, you know? That's, that's a bare minimum. That's what I'm looking for. But once you've moved beyond that, it's just like we, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. But, um, what other non-candy items? I always like to include a book in the Easter basket. But you like to make it color-coordinated, too. Yes, and that makes choosing the book harder. But also, here's the thing. In general, and sometimes I'll flex on this, in general, I think it's better not to include the holiday book in the holiday basket. Like... So the bo- the books that I put in the kids' Easter baskets are sometimes, but usually not, Easter books. Mm-hmm. Because if you get the holiday book on the holiday, you have that one day where it's relevant, and then maybe a couple days afterwards, and then it's kind of already out of season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the actual holiday books, I prefer to get them for the kids in advance of the holiday. Mm-hmm. So then they can enjoy them leading up to the holiday. I do try to make them holiday-ish or Easter-ish, but not actually Eastery. Like, a book about a bunny, but that's not Easter-specific, mm-hmm. for example, would be a good choice. Or just like you said, I like, to co- I like to color coordinate. Like, I like to color coordinate kind of the general, to help the general feel of the baskets, so I have a big list of books that I want to get for the kids, and then I look for books from that list that feel like they have an Eastery theme, which doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, it could be bunnies, it could be rainbows, it could be springtime, mm-hmm. it could be fashion, anything that just feels right to me for Easterness, and then also I'm wanting it to kind of be in an Eastery colors, like, you know, pastel mm-hmm. is great. You know, you highlight like, everything to be pink, so, like, things that are pink are great, or, you know, pink and green, or white, or, you know, just, I want it to, like, look right. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I think it, I think a book is always a good inclusion. How, here's a question. It may be a little bit off topic, or maybe not. Um, what are the differences you feel between being a kid receiving an Easter basket, being a parent making an Easter basket, as far as what you imagined, like... I want this and this, whereas you're like, I want to get them this and this, and you're like... Uh, well, okay. I think that... I don't know how it was in your family growing up, but Easter in my family wasn't like a gift or quest holiday. Like, we didn't... We were never asked what we wanted in our Easter baskets, and nor did it ever occur to me to voice an opinion. Like, that would, to me, to me, asking for something in an Easter basket would be, like, inappropriate. Hmm. Like, to me, to me, like, 
But Christmas, Christmas and maybe your birthday are the only times when it's appropriate to request specific gifts. Okay, but it's not totally out of line. It's a, it's a gift holiday of some sort. Even if you don't think it's a request holiday. Um, Other holidays aren't gift holidays. Well... We do a lot more as far as, like, it being a gift holiday. We do a lot more for our kids' Easter baskets than the kind of Easter baskets that I had growing up. Like, hmm. like we, like, I would say, like, the kind of stuff that we put in our kids' Easter basket. While we do include, you know, things like bubbles and stuff and candy, I would say though we include more items that are more, like, substantial gift items. Whereas... The stuff that I had in Easter Mass as a kid was, like, mostly food. You know, like, mostly candy. And, like, you know, the traditional, like, bubbles, sidewalk chalk, little bendy rabbits, little puffy... The, you know, the little puffy wind-up bird? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like those, like, a game of jacks. I just don't, I don't know that our kids would accept a game of jacks. That's just because they're too little, and also I don't think they know how to play jacks or are, like, aware <laughs> I, I, of jacks. Well, to be fair, I never really wanted to play jacks either. I feel like my mom taught me how to play jacks at one point. But did you ever, like, get, gather your friends play. around and play yes. jacks? Yes, okay, but this more has to do with me as a person, though. And I know that our kids are not the same as me as a person. <laughs> as a child, I was super into... Like, even as a very young child, like, by the time I could read, like, you know, even, like, early elementary school I was super into like historical fiction and so I was very excited about like the things of yore you know what I mean like I wanted to play Jack and marbles and like I would have been psyched for someone to like teach me how to make like a corn husk doll you know what I mean like I was I was so into like books that I was reading where you know about children living in a different time also, my family was living a strange lifestyle that was sort of timeless. So I think I was more, like, you know, like, I, like, made candles for fun and stuff like that, like, as a kid. So for me, yes, a game of Jack's exciting. Our kids would not accept that. You're right. Like, I remember I was so psyched. I, like, used my own allowance when we went somewhere that had, like, you know the slates, like, they used to use in old, old-timey, old like, schoolhouses? Mm-hmm. I, like, bought one of those for myself and, like, a little slate pencil. Mm. And I would, like, sit by myself in my room pretending that I was, like, in an old-timey schoolhouse, mm. like, practicing, like, writing things on it. But, like I said, I was... I was that, that has a lot to do with, like, me as a person. And I know that I'm not the same person <laughs> as our children. Because, yeah, I don't think the Jacks would be... For them. I don't know. But they're also too young. Like, I don't think any of them even have the, like, coordination to play jacks. Fair enough. <clears throat> but, no, I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, I, like, like, no, we were not, we didn't ask for things in the Easter basket. Fair enough. And we didn't have, like, expectations other than the anticipation of my grandma sending the chocolate money. That's the only expectation we had as far as what was going to be in the Easter basket. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good answer. But, I mean, what about you? Um, I guess it was a little more elaborate than that. I don't know. It wasn't like Christmas. I wouldn't say we had, like, a Christmas list or anything, but... Like an Easter list? I felt like if you really wanted a small thing, you could probably ask for it. 
Probably. Uh, that seems fair. I don't think it was, you're right, it wasn't like birth, birthday, Christmas oh. time, but. I think we were also including the religious aspect, too, so I mean, I think the excitement was <laughs> building. But were there religious that. items in your Easter basket? I mean, there must have been at some point, but. But not a chocolate crucifix? I don't remember that. I would like to think that your parents had better taste than that, but I mean... I don't remember that. Someone is buying those. <laughs> Somebody, I don't know who. But, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, but... The, like, Easter basketry was, like, pretty low-key in my family. I mean, a lot of, I mean, some of that, I mean, there, there, I think there's a mix of reasons for that. I mean, there's, you know, financial issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were working on, like, a, like, a dollar store budget for the Easter basket. But I think people that, like, are very religious probably go a little more all out for Easter, even if they don't have necessarily more means in general. Well, they go all out in different, I mean, different families go out in, all out in different ways, though. Like, my mom said that... When she was a kid for Easter, the thing was that they would always get a new church coat. Mm. But to me, that's super weird because it's like, by the time Easter comes, yeah. how many more times can you wear the coat to church before it's like, like, you might get like a month of... What did you wear to like Ash Sunday or or, uh, Ash Wednesday or whatever? I think you wear the Easter coat from last year. I think you're just, I mean, I think it's like, ideally a coat fits you for a full year, right? When you're a kid, maybe. I think so. I mean, if you buy them the way I do. Growth growth spurt. Our kids usually fit their coats for a year or two. Mm. I mean, I usually buy them a size bigger when I get them, so they fit for two years. Yeah. Unless they have a huge growth spurt, like that one time when Emerald grew like three sizes in a year. But... I guess I'm just still scarred from that experience. (laughs) No, but she was so small for so long. She wasn't, though, after that. No, it's really bizarre. This is a total side note, but she was just... One size for a really long time, and then, but then she grew as many sizes as she, like, for as long as she remained the one size, she then grew through all those sizes just in, like, a couple months. Mm-hmm. So she just went from being this one, so she has, like, two years, she has, like, two or three years worth of clothing in just, like, this one size, and then suddenly all the clothes are, like, two sizes bigger, so mm-hmm. it was, it was a, it was a, yes, that was, that was a big jump for the coats, but... I'm just saying, that aside, generally, I think, I think if you buy the Easter coat, it would still fit next year. It just doesn't make sense to me in the sense that it's almost too late for a coat. Yeah. By the time Easter comes. Even if Easter's early in the year, like this year, Easter is going to be almost at the very beginning of April. Mm-hmm. It's still, I would hope, almost too late for a coat at that point. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we won't even have to wear coats on Easter. I mean, maybe you get it at a discount if you buy it the end of winter, I don't know. Sure, that's possible. I'm just guessing. I but I think it was like a big deal in her family because it wasn't just the coat. The coat was just like the centerpiece. But you get like the whole new outfit, which I mean, I do that for our kids. I get them new outfits. Yeah, if they appreciate that. Yeah. Although this year, I don't really know what kind of outfit I'm gonna do. Yes. Mm. I mean, it's not like we're gonna be like going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I get them clothes and stuff. Although, I sometimes question buying children clothes for holidays and here's why because i originally started doing it because i want them to appreciate their clothes mm-hmm. 
And I think it kind of is special to be like, this is your, you know, Easter dress or this is your, you know, Christmas outfit that you've got or whatever. But I have actually noticed that they get more excited about clothes when I give them to them randomly. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when it's Christmas and they open up the package and it has the dress in it, unless it's the Elsa dress that Emma got this year that she's been wearing all the time. I mean, that's that's like a special, you know, thing. If it's just like a not a character item, like a regular nice piece of clothing, I feel like if it's a holiday where they're getting other presents, the other presents kind of overshadow the clothes and they're not appreciating them as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas the same, like the same pajamas that on a holiday, I feel like they're just kind of like, oh, good, some pajamas, toss. I feel like if I randomly on like a Tuesday afternoon, a package comes and they're like, what's in the package? And I'm like, it's new pajamas for you. I feel like they'll be like jumping off the walls with excitement, Mm -hmm. you know? So that kind of makes me wonder, maybe giving them, maybe my whole idea of giving them clothes for holidays isn't actually working the way I thought it would. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Very possible. (laughs) But you, do you see what I, like you've seen this too, right? Like if we give them clothes randomly, they're psyched. Clothes on, like, a gifting occasion or, like, you know, they barely notice them. I think they're looking for something else. Yeah. But if they don't, if they're not expecting anything, they'll be, like, appreciative of the clothes in a way well, that... Well, then it's a, there's an a element of surprise. Yes, and surprise goes a long way. Oh, yeah. Especially for clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the most excited you're going to be as a kid about clothes. But as an adult, I'm very excited when I buy myself clothes. Me too. Oh my gosh. Somebody's first Easter is coming this year. Oh. Yeah. I am excited for Lilac's first Easter because uh-huh. there's only so many first Easter baskets we get to put together. I know. Although I'm actually sure hers is the basket that I've had the most trouble with. Do you want to talk about your baskets this year, or do you want to... Sure, yeah, I can talk about them. I feel like you've had some issues with... the act With the actual infrastructure of the baskets. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a whole... I can take you on a whole basketry journey. If Please you're take, take us all on all a journey. Right. So, before we had kids, we, you know, it, we, we, it took us a little while. We kind of, we struggled a little bit with infertility and stuff before we had kids. So I had a lot of time to think about... Things that I wanted. Or, a lot you know, of wind-up. <laughs> a lot of wind-up. And, you know, so I had time where I was thinking a lot about the things that I would one day want to do for my kids. And I think that intensified as we struggled, you know. So before we had kids, I thought, I'm definitely going to do the thing that, like, everybody does. Which is the Pottery Barn. It's like the, it's like the middle-class American standard to do the Pottery Barn Easter baskets mm. with the, um, they're like, they're the very traditional looking wicker basket and they have the cloth liner and you can get it monogrammed. And I, so in my mind prior to having kids was like looking forward to doing that. I was like, it's definitely happening. And then we had our first and I thought about doing it and then, you know, we were, we were working on like a very small budget at the time that like his first Easter came and you know, those pottery barn Easter baskets are like really expensive. Mm -hmm. Of course, now I think if I wanted to do the pottery barn Easter baskets, I should have gotten one then because now if you know what's more expensive than trying to buy one pottery barn Easter basket, Mm. try, try thinking about buying three of the pottery barn Easter baskets. Mm. 
Because here's where they get you. You got the liner, which is like $20. But then to have it monogrammed, which obviously, why are you even doing this if you're not monogramming it? The monogramming is like another $10. Then the basket itself is like $30. Hmm. That's a lot for one basket, but think when you have multiple kids, it seems like almost an insurmountable obstacle. And it's, it's the kind of thing that I've thought about at other times of year and thought, you know, next year I should probably just go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the kind of thing that I should just search for it and do. But then whenever I'm actually at the point when I'm thinking, maybe I'll do this this year, I'm also then trying to buy the items to go in the Easter basket. Mm-hmm. And it feels like if I buy those nice baskets, I'm that's that's a lot of money to spend, and it's like I want to spend that money on the items to go in the baskets. But in theory, next year you wouldn't. Have yes, to and then it would, it would it would relieve me forever of the burden of buying the baskets. But it would just it just feels like too much to spend all at once. Plus, I'm not sure I want those baskets anymore. <laughs> that's the bigger problem. Wow. And I don't want to buy something that I don't actually want, mm. just because I once fantasized about having it because I didn't think that I could. You know, because it's like now I could I could just decide to spend the money and do it. But it's like, do I really even want those baskets? Because I actually like the look better. Because post that point when I was fantasizing about having kids and doing the most obvious thing possible, which was to get those baskets and have them monogrammed, after that, you know, I started following a lot of... Back then it was mostly blogs, but now it's also, you know, Instagrammers and things more so. That, you know, and I love looking at people that put together, like, great holiday things for their kids. And, like, a lot of it is the Easter baskets is, like, a huge time of year for that and the Easter basket inspiration. And I really like the look more, I think, of the wire baskets. Mm-hmm. And so, originally, my idea was, and this was kind of going off of the idea that I'd do the Pottery Barn thing eventually. You know, you get the one basket, and it's the special basket that you bring out every year for your kids. And I really like that, because when I was a kid, my mom had, a, had like, a particular Easter basket for me that she would bring out. And so I kind of, you know, I had special feelings about like my basket, you know. Mm. And so I kind of was lurking on the idea that that's kind of nice. It's like, this is your basket. But instead, I've kind of fallen into getting a different basket every year. And the thing I like about the different basket every year is that I always get a basket that we can repurpose. Mm -hmm. So the baskets that I used last year... And the baskets that I used the year before that and the year before that. So yeah, the last three years in a row are all baskets that are useful for storage that we're now actually using in our home to store things. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually worked out really nicely because and then instead of being a basket that's just for Easter, it's like a basket that we needed because I mean we always need more storage. Mm-hmm. The downside is that there is the expense of acquiring new baskets every year. Since the baskets that we were using for storage you know, we're actually using them. Like, right now, the ones from last year are filled with the kids' toys, and they're actually working really nicely, but I don't want to, like, dump those out to refill them as Easter baskets. So I do So I do think that now our thing is that we get new baskets every year, and I guess we'll just continue doing that. And I do have a separate, I should, I should add, I do have separate baskets that are just for hunting the eggs that are, like, a can- more of a canvas-y, Easter-y basket from, I think they were from Target. But... Aesthetically, they're not exactly to my liking, mm-hmm. which is why they're not the ones that I like to fill. That's that's the other problem is that I have very high standards for how things look. I want things to look a certain way, 
I don't like things that look cheap. Like, I don't like, I don't like the really flimsy, like, the bad quality baskets. Like, you know, the ones that you buy that are, like, $3 that you're supposed to throw away every year? I don't like things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I also don't like, here's the other problem, and this is why, this goes into what you were saying about how this year it's been a little, tr- a little trouble for me to get the baskets, is that I really don't like things that are, this is not the right word, but I want almost want to say anachronistic. Like, that's that's totally the wrong word, though. I don't like things that look too farmhousey. Like, it looks like Con- an egg collecting basket. Country crack. That's my name for the style, but that, but I just I guess what I mean is that farmhouse is a huge style right now. It's very trendy for some people. But we don't live in a farmhouse, and so I don't think it's appropriate for us. So if you lived in a farmhouse, you would go for farmhouse? Not personally, but I would think it was an appropriate choice if I wanted to. Hmm. I'm saying that... So you don't think farmhouse is appropriate unless you're living in I don't think it's appropriate for us because our home is like a little more like suburban. But do you think that unless you're living in a farmhouse, you shouldn't do farmhouse? I think it can get tacky. I think you could have some farmhouse-inspired elements, and it's fine. Hmm. I just think it can go too far. Like, if we had chickens, I think it would be appropriate to have a Easter basket that looks like an egg-collecting basket. Since we actually don't have chickens, I feel like it's just, to me, that it's just not my style. Fair it's not that I think it's, like, a crime if someone else is doing it. Just, to me, it doesn't look right. Hmm. I also don't like when things look too old-timey. Like, you know the baskets that are supposed to look like... I think it's called, like, wood chip or something. You know, they're, like, those strips of wood. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, to me, that looks like it's supposed to be, like, a basket that you would have owned at, like, if you lived at another time. But it's, like, we're not living in that other time. Mm. I would love a basket like that if it was an actual antique. Like, if I inherited a basket like that from, like, my great-great-grandmother or something, that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. But... Just to purchase a basket like that to put the Easter things in. It's like, no, we are celebrating Easter in the current time that we live in. And I think the basket should look that way. But anyway, so it was really hard for me to find baskets that I wanted this year to fit my taste. And I originally ordered some baskets from Target, and then they looked really bad quality when we picked them up. So we returned them, and then I ordered some other baskets, and then I had some hesitations about them because... They're black wire, and I feel like black is not the most Eastery color, hmm. even though I love the color black. So I had some hesitations, and I panicked, and I almost bought some different baskets, but I've decided that I'm sticking with the ones that we have. I think they look good. Yeah, I, I, I think, well, what I what changed my mind about getting rid of them is that I set them up with the Easter things to see how it would look, and it does look good. So I think we're just going to stick with those. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to, like, try to return them. So I think you're pretty psyched about it, too. <laughs> That's a plus. Yes. But, yeah, the baskets themselves, I feel like, you know, it's, it's... I do have thoughts and opinions about them. Also, you said that you have thoughts and opinions about the baskets that look like a stuffed animal. That look like a stuffed animal? You know those ones? I showed you some baskets that were, like... It looks like a stuffed animal that's been kind of hollowed out, and then there's a handle, and the stuff goes inside. You said you don't like those. You just described them, so... <laughs> well, I, did, I was describing them neutrally so that you could talk about your feelings. <laughs> I think you, you summed them up and just said that, those very words right there. <laughs> I mean, I don't like those either, but I'm just saying... 
Someone likes those. Okay. They they exist and continue to exist. They've mm-hmm. existed as long as I've been aware of Easter baskets, and I think they'll continue existing perpetually. That's probably true. <laughs> what else? What other observations do you have about my Easter basket tree? Hmm. You are anti-characters, as usual? Yes. And to be fair, I'm not always 100% anti-character. I just prefer not to have characters. That... I sometimes... Okay, the thing is that... You asked what I like to get in my Easter basket when I was a kid. Characters? Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. Everyone's kids love characters. But for Valentine's Day, I gave them character things. But it's just... Okay, here's the problem. Every once in a while, I do give them character stuff. Our son didn't even want to take off his Bud Lightyear shirt to go to bed tonight. I know. So, you know, like, tonight. (laughs) No, I know. Okay, but, but, okay, here's the thing. I do get them character things. I got him the Buzz Lightyear shirt, didn't I? You did. He loves it more than any other shirt he has. Yes. But all I'm saying is is that I do get them character things because I know they love them and I want them to have things they love sometimes. I just don't like our home to be oversaturated with character items. I think it's better for their brains if they have to be more creative and make up their own characters. Mm -hmm. And it's also better for my eyes because... I just don't like the aesthetics of character items. You don't like looking at them? (laughs) Yes! That's fair. That's a a real thing. But I do cave in every once in a while and give them character things because I know that they love them and I want them to have things that they love and to be happy. I just, I think it's weird when people have too many of one character. I think that can happen if you're not careful. Like the people that just get Marvin the Martian and everything? Yeah, or just like anything where it's just like there's Minnie one, Mouse. Yeah, but I mean, we have a lot of Minnie Mouse stuff, from. We might be those people, Ash. We have a lot of Minnie Mouse stuff, but <laughs> Minnie Mouse is cute. Mm-hmm. And a character. And Emerald loves her. I know. My life will also love her, I guarantee you. I would never tell either of them they couldn't love Minnie Mouse when they most clearly do. I just prefer items that aren't like conspicuously branded or charactered. I think there's a certain taste level that's sacrificed when you have too many characters around you. But you do not agree? But you also, you are a person who cares not for aesthetics, though. That is... At all? You don't think I care oh, of course at all? Oh, of course you care at anything all. Anything that looks like anything? No. Obviously, that's, that's not true. That's an untrue thing. That is untrue. I'm just saying, like, you don't have strong feelings, like... Y- you like what you like, and if you like something, you think it's good. But maybe I like things because they're good. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying I admire that you're impervious to, like, other people's, like, opinions of, like, what is good or not. Like, you just, if you like it, it's good. And you're, like, confident in your own opinion in that way. Whereas I care not only about things looking good to me, I also like things to look good to other people. But I think I have good taste. I'm sure you do too, but... Yeah. I mean, you have to, I don't know. Whatever. I just, I don't like too many character things in the baskets. Okay, that's fine. I just feel like we can do a little better, like, niceness-wise. They don't try very hard with the quality. Okay, that's the problem. That's probably a lot of it. 
I actually wouldn't mind more character items if they were nice quality things. I don't like buying junk. Like, a lot of characters are junk. <laughs> but I try hard to buy things for our kids that are going to like hold up well and last, and not only that will not break or fall apart while they're playing with them, but also that they'll want to play with for a long time. I don't like things that are like exciting for a few minutes and then they don't use them anymore, or they're excited by, but then they like break it apart. Because mm-hmm. that's either way very sad. I also just am striving to be a little lower plastic. Mm-hmm. So I don't like a lot of like plasticky type of things. Like I'm not like extreme about it, but I just I try to be a little bit conscious. Like I try to at least if I'm buying a lot of plastic things, have them be things that I think we're gonna have for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. like to buy plasticky things that I think we're gonna be throwing away soon. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's just kind of like, I'm sorry that you're... <laughs> Definitely. What else have you struggled with in the Easter baskets this year? Well, I mean, I guess I started to say this before, but even though I'm super excited to be doing Lilac's first Easter basket, I think shopping for a baby is always harder than shopping for an older child. Definitely. I mean, with a baby, I mean, some people would say it's easy because you just don't have to get them anything. But I think that's, that's a little true. sad. That's not true. I think that's sad. I mean, I think even if the baby doesn't really need anything, they, like, emotionally still want to feel included in the gift receiving. And it's important for the kids to see them getting included, too, to know this is, like, a full member of our family. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a sentimental memory for us of, like, what, you know, what the baby is having for their first Easter. Mm-hmm. But it is harder to shop for her because she has less expressed preferences like we don't really know if she has a favorite color yet or a favorite kind of animal or anything like that so anything we get her is just kind of guesswork you know just sort of what do we think looks nice that like a general baby of her dimensions would want or need so that's a little bit harder because i mean with our other kids I kind of know who they are. So I have much a much better idea of what's something that they would personally enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think, though, I think the big challenge for me this year is that our oldest two are close enough in age that they need to have their things be very, very similar because... They fight over everything, and they are jealous, and they they play with all the same stuff, and they want whatever the other one has, and they're very aware of like if anybody got anything the other one didn't get. So I so I tried really hard to keep everything very similar and even, but it is a little bit difficult because even though they are close enough at age to have all the things I just said be true, they are still at two different developmental points where there are certain things that one of them could actually make better use of than the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, our oldest is now, you know, an early elementary schooler. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different point than, you know, our youngest is still, like, right... She's right at the end of, like, her toddler years. She's kind of... In the, she's in that bridge between toddler and preschooler. 
Mm-hmm. That's a very... there. So they're at different points as far as there are certain things that our oldest would like that I think our youngest would be jealous of but not be able to do well. Like certain, like, certain, like, things with, like, small pieces or, like, crafty type of items that, like, I can't get for one of them without the other one being jealous, but I really don't think that the other one will be able to do the thing very well. Like, I, like, last year I got our oldest one of those Instax cameras. Mm -hmm. And I know that our middle one really wants one. But I also know that she's not really able to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, I mean, you you were trying to help her use it when we took it to the park the other day, and she was having, you know, she wasn't really totally able to do it. Yeah. So I feel like she needs to wait, like, another year or two before she'll really be able to operate the camera. Mm-hmm. But she wants one really badly, and she's, like, so jealous of his. Right. But that's an example of, like, the kind of thing where there are items that I could get for him that she's not ready for. But it also goes the other way, too. I mean, because they are different people. There are certain things that I think she could really make use of that he would be jealous of. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that he would really be able to use more or better or actually want more. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to buy... Like, for example, I thought about getting her another Polly Pocket. Because mm-hmm. she plays with those things. So she'll she'll play with the Polly Pocket for hours. He plays with those too, though. He does. And that's why I was like, should I get him... I could get them both Polly Pockets. But I can't decide if he actually likes the Polly Pocket or if he just likes it because it doesn't belong to him. Yeah, I think he likes things that are small like that, though, too. He does. And it's kind of unfair, and I'm not saying that I can't get him the Polly Pocket because of this, but I do wish they had more, like, masculine options. <laughs> it does seem to be very gendered. Item. It's very gendered, and I'm not saying that he can't have it because it's gendered. I'm just saying he would enjoy it even more if it was exactly the same toy, but, like, the theme was something he was more drawn to. Like, if they made one that was, like, a pirate ship or, like, a shark or something, mm-hmm. he would just die of happiness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But instead, it's just kind of like, well... Would he like the Rainbow Llama one or the Ladybug Garden? And not that he wouldn't like those, but, like, I know he would kind of like them. He's going to get those, and then he's going to be like, but a snake has come. <laughs> yes. So. But that's a storyline that he is more interested in. But I'm just saying, so it's like he's going to have to impose other characters into the scene to make it work the way he wants it to. And that's unfortunate. Yes. Yes. Although, you know what he really wants is that Beauty and the Beast one. Mm-hmm. He wants the Beauty and the Beast Legos, like, so badly. Hmm. Interesting. He told me the other day, like, he wants it so badly that Emerald was playing with it the other day, and he told me that he was going to get some money of his own and he was going to buy it. Wow. I know. Very strong. Yeah. No, we probably should get him one of those at some point. Why does he like it so much? He loves the Beast. Mm. He's so excited by the Beast. Because he's so beastly? Yeah. I think also the fact that he's able to transform, like, he's the beast and then he's the guy. Like, I think he's, like, fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he loves all the Disney princesses. He does. He doesn't love them quite as much as or in the same way that Emerald loves them, but he does love them. But Emerald is the Disney princess. <laughs> That's the difference, though. I think... He's never the Disney princesses. He's just, he likes the story and he really likes the animals. Like, like he loves Cinderella, but I don't think he wants to be Cinderella. He just really wants some, like, mice and birds to, like, be his friends. Yes. Which is understandable. Yes. 
But like with Beauty and the Beast, like he doesn't want to be Belle, but neither does Emerald. She doesn't really like. No, Belle's not very. She, Belle is on the list, but she's low on the list of princesses yeah. for Emerald, which is surprising to me because Belle has the yellow dress, and yellow is her favorite color. True. I also assumed that Belle would be her favorite princess because Belle is the one that looks the most like her. True. But she's really gravitated. I, th- I mean, I think like every child in the universe, she's gravitated toward the world of Frozen. <laughs> she has a queen also. Yes. That's true. She, with her icy powers. With her icy powers. She's probably sleeping. Yeah. She got very tired of now she's asleep. <laughs> she's hot though. It's warmer out here than it is in the bedroom, so she's hot in her sleeping suit. That's <laughs> where her cheeks are all rosy. Yeah. But yeah, I think shopping for the baby is a little more difficult. Also, because it's like, I I wonder, like, you know, you buy the baby things and you're like, will the baby even like these things? So then you think, maybe I should just spend this money on the bigger kids instead. But then you're like, oh, but I'll be sad later, sentimentally, if I didn't get the baby as much. Exactly. But I think the big kids are going to... I do... I did feel a little more pressure this year. Because... Emerald has been talking about Easter all year long. Like Easter, I think it. I think until this Christmas, Easter was the most recent big holiday that she had remembered. Like, because she remembered last Easter, I don't think she actually remembered last Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, she's been talking about Easter since last Easter. And I thought maybe it would kind of diminish with Christmas, but she has continued consistently. Like, she's just an Easter money. Mm-hmm. And so I did feel a little bit of pressure. I want to make the Easter baskets extra special. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for you to give me some more um, ideas for some. I've got all the main items covered, but I'm just trying to figure out like a few little. I don't like knickknacks. Mm-hmm. I just want a few little like small but nice things that just make the basket feel extra special. Because I've got all my kind of standard bases covered. You know, we've got. The book, we've got the pajamas, we've got the stuffed animal, you know, but what are those little, you know, I'm just, I just need a few little extra things to kind of finish it off. I'm still debating that one very large item that we were thinking about getting. Mm-hmm. Although that's really outside of the basket, so I don't know if it belongs in this discussion. But yeah, we usually do one, like, larger outside of the basket item. How do you feel about going outside the basket? I feel fine. I mean, we've done that. For, we've done that every year for the past couple years. But you just you know, talk so much about the basket that you're okay yeah. going outside of it. Well, I okay. Here's what I'm not okay with. I'm not okay with when you have the basket and there's like 27 items sitting around the basket, mm-hmm. because the whole point of the basket is to contain the items. Mm-hmm. I think something's gone wrong if there's more out of the basket than in the basket. It's like you need to either, I don't know, do you think it's worse to get an annex, like, secondary basket than to have items sitting around the basket? Mm. I think it could be okay to have, like, one thing sitting outside the basket, like a stuffed animal or a book sitting beside the basket. Or, like, in our case, we're saying, like, we usually do, like, one larger item sitting outside the basket. But it's, like, one significant single larger item that's external to the basket. I think that's fine and acceptable. I'm saying, like, I think it looks not well thought out when you have the basket and there's just an array of items around the basket because they wouldn't get into it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Totally. 
like, and that is part of the basketing struggle too, is that I have to find baskets that are the right size because, like I said before, I like to give books and you have to find a basket that's big enough for the book to fit in the basket. Mm-hmm. So we had baskets one year that I loved and then when I bought them, I think I even grandly pronounced that I was going to just use them as the Easter baskets every year. The problem was that books were really hard to fit into them. Like the right, like the big size picture books wouldn't fit well. And then I repurposed them to, you know, keep like diapers or something in. So then now, now they're like in use, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I think going outside the basket can be fine, but it has to be purposeful, not just kind of like you definitely couldn't fit everything in here. <laughs> but what do you think about the annex secondary basket? It could be all right. No, I'm not necessarily I mean, against it. We do own secondary baskets, but they are, like I said before, for Easter egg hunting, not for putting presents in. Mm-hmm. So that's totally different. Yeah. I think they're right. I think, like, if multiple people give you Easter baskets, then of course you would have more than one basket. Like, did you ever get Easter baskets from, like, people other than your parents? No, I don't know about that. I feel like it was mostly my parents. I feel like our kids have sometimes gotten Easter baskets from other people. I don't really remember. No, I mean, my extended family didn't really live close, so I don't know. Maybe other people, like, went to their aunt's house and they had a hold of their Easter basket waiting for them or something. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it's a thing for people who, like, see relatives on Easter. Relatives will sometimes give an Easter basket. Yeah, that was not what Easter was about for us. It was like going to church, and I think we had ham, usually. But our kids have gotten Easter baskets from your parents before. Not like consistently every year, but just like occasionally. I'm I'm just saying when I was growing up, I don't remember. But you were like home for Easter. Thanksgiving, we went places. You know what I mean? Like that was a seeing family type holiday. Yeah. If there was Thanksgiving baskets, I'm sure my <laughs> grandparents would have had Easter or Thanksgiving baskets for us. You know what I mean? Like, if that was a thing. Are there people that show up at Thanksgiving with, like, would it be one of those, like, the basket that's shaped like the Horn of Plenty? Like the cornucopia? No, that would You're be... Supposed to, like, I'm, show I'm sure up people would just burst into applause if you did that. <laughs> Someday, when I have, like, a couple hundred dollars to spare and I'm going somewhere for Thanksgiving, I want to show up with one of those. Here's all the wicker and has the food in it. Just like a gourmet spread, like all just delicious fruits and like cheeses and whatever else you could pack in there and just be like, hello. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I think that would be a glorious way to show up. It would be the hit of the party. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to, going back to Easter though. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, Easter, I think, I think we do Easter, like, we, we do the baskets up, I think, pretty nicely. It's also an extra special holiday for us, though, because both of our older two, um, were baptized on Easter. Mm-hmm. On separate, you know, sub, you know, subsequential, what's the, in separate, on separate sequential Easters. Does that, is that, how I want to say it? It wasn't like they were both baptized on the same Easter. Like, our oldest was baptized on his first Easter, and then our middle one was baptized on her first Easter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to make other arrangements for Lilac, which is kind of sad. Although, maybe next Easter. I think next Easter we could definitely do some. 
She'll she'll be bigger though. I mean, I'm afraid she'll struggle when it comes time for this. I don't think she'll fit into that. Can they still dangle her over the baptismal sure. thing? Or I feel like she'll be more like I feel like it's easier with a baby because you're just kind of holding them and it just kind of happens. I feel like with a toddler, it could be a little bit more of like. <laughs> I'm sure if you wanted to dangle them, they would allow it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think we'll have to kind of talk her into it a little more. Whereas the baby, it's just kind of like. Someone's holding them, it's happening, it's over. I think with the toddler, they're going to be more like, so, what's happening here? You know, I think it's going to be it's going to be more of like a conversation. It's, it's not really a question of if you're, if you're going to dangle, you're going to dangle a baby. Yeah, but still, I'm just saying, I think that is, that kind of adds to the specialness of, I feel like, you know, that's an extra celebration on top of the, you know, general Easterness to kind of add to my basketing... Fever, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think, um, if you can remember past baskets that we've done, what do you think were, like, the best and worst things that we've done as far as baskets we've made for our kids? Worst? I don't know. Do you feel like some of the bubble containers are not very, like, sturdy? Like, I feel like they fall over very easily. The bubble wands are not good. That's what I mean. You always, like, you get a couple bubbles out of them, and then it's like... Falls over, spills. Or even if it doesn't spill, you can't get the wand, or the bubble, you can't get the bubble blowing thing down into the liquid enough, and so then it's like you're not getting the liquid, and the child is crying, and they're like, it's not working, and then it spills, and then... I just don't feel like I got the full use out of the amount of bubble liquid that was available. I think the best bubble thing that we have, though, is those tiny little, and we still have them, or I would totally get more because they're that good, those tiny little bubble machines. Mm-hmm. My only regret about them is that they're so small, you have to keep refilling them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wish we'd just gotten a giant bubble machine, but those are so good. I can't wait to pull those out. Mm-hmm. I love them. What's another bad thing that we've done? I don't know. Can you think of any? Um, not, like, particularly like we terrible. we had any disasters. No, we haven't really had any disasters. I wish that we had done more for our son's first Easter. I, re- I really regret that. Hmm. Like, I didn't like the basket we got him. It was just one of those, like, white wicker type of baskets. And we just got him, like, that one, like, bird toy. Which, I mean, he liked. But, like, I just... I look back on that memory with so much regret. I really wish we'd done, like, a nice basket for him that year. Hmm. But other than that, I don't have any, like, huge basketry regrets. What do you think is the best thing we've done, though? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, apparently last year we did really well since Emerald has not stopped talking about it. It's, like, her favorite holiday. I know, which... I'm glad that she loves it so much, but I do feel a little scared, like... It's a lot to live up to, though. Yeah. I and I, don't want to disappoint her. No, I don't want to disappoint her, but it's hard to even know what she's expecting. The world. Just, but what? I mean, other than, like, M&M's, like, what is, what is she imagining is going to be happening? M&M's might be enough. I mean, but she, she does love M&M's. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she definitely has high, high expectations. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, other than the candy, what was it that made... Last Easter, so... Other than that, I think it was just the first holiday that she could remember. What made it so special to her? 
know. Something about it. It's like... I feel like I need to, like, emergency buy, like, some more, like, mermaid toys or something to put in her basket. <laughs> Why? I'm just worried. I need to make it, like, more resplendent. Do you not think so? No, I, I think so. I'm just trying to imagine what she's expecting. It's hard to anticipate exactly. She's so, I mean, I have to rein myself in when I shop for her, though. Because she loves everything. Mm -hmm. She's so easy to shop for because she just loves with her big heart. She does. And she's very imaginative. So even if even if something isn't exactly what she wants... She'll make it be what she wants. She'll make it be what she wants, you know? So I think that's a good quality. Well, it's kind of like how she has three stuffed mini mouses. But one of them is Daisy and one of them is Figaro. Just because she's decided. She decided that one is Daisy. They're, they're all actually were made to be and look like Minnie Mouse. It's just... The favor her favorite one is Minnie Mouse, and then the second the second favorite one she just decided was Daisy and has consistently just called Daisy since then. And then one day she was looking for Figaro and she was like really upset, like almost crying and like looking for Figaro and she was like, Mommy, help me look for Figaro and I was like, Emerald, we don't have a Figaro And she was like, Yes we do and she was like searching and searching and I felt so bad for her and I was trying to help her look, but I also didn't know what we were looking for. And then finally we found the the other, the third most popular Minnie Mouse and she was like, Figaro <laughs> and then it all you know, I put it together and I was like, Okay, so that and that one is just consistently it is Figaro. Mm -hmm. So yes, like she'll make like she will make things be what she wants them to be. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's kind of like how she has the two Elsa dolls and then and an Anna doll. And then I saw the other day that she decided that her least favorite of the two Elsa dolls was now Kristoff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Whatever. It's resemblance wise there's really there's really no commonality there but I, I I admire her ability to just make things be what she wants them to be she, really, she just goes for it but she also just plays with a lot of different things throughout the day mm -hmm. so I feel like she just like everything just like exciting for her mm -hmm. although mostly frozen yeah mostly that But what haven't haven't we talked about? I don't know. Is there anything Easter basket related that you think we should touch on? I don't know. I feel like we covered most of it. Yeah, I mean we haven't really talked about Easter baskets for adults very much. But that's like a less exciting topic, I feel like. What what would you put in an Easter basket for an adult? I mean I make you an Easter basket every year. But I'm just not talking about I usually I'm not put... talking about me, I'm talking about like a random adult. Like what do you think is appropriate for an adult? Just anything the adult would like, you know, little gifts or treats. I think it's probably harder to make it super Eastery. That's what I mean. I feel like you are very committed to having Eastery things for the kids' basket. But that's easier because there are Eastery. I don't feel like, like you're as committed for that for like adults. I mean, I guess because for kids there are Eastery things that you can incorporate into their lives, and I consider like anything pastel to be kind of Easter. And there's a lot of, a lot of pastel children's toys, you know, like unicorns and rainbows and things that are a part of a child's, you know, things. Whereas for an adult, I, I don't like to buy things just to buy them 
that aren't going to actually be used. So I feel like it's better just to get stuff that kind of the person wants that's not holiday specific than to just... Or, I mean, if somebody has holiday decor, I guess you could add to that. We don't really have holiday decor, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have Christmas decorations, obviously, for, like, our tree and stuff. But we're not, like... We don't have, like... Other than one banner I have that says Happy Easter, and I think I have a salt and pepper shaker that's, like, a bunny and an <laughs> egg, but other than that, we don't, like, have Easter decor. You know what I mean? But I don't think most people have Easter decor. Maybe I'm just imagining that people have Easter decor because I've watched too much YouTube. But they're doing that for your benefit. Yes, but it's still like, you know, you watch enough of that and you start to imagine this is how people are living, you know? Maybe other people are living that. I just, I feel like other holidays, like you mentioned Christmas, are more that way. Decor? Yes. I could imagine... Halloween even, I would say, is a more decor holiday. Yeah, But I could imagine having a little bit more Easter decor. Like, if I dangled... You know how sometimes people put towels on their stove, like the decorative towels, but they're on the stove handle? If I did decorative towels, I could imagine, like, an Easter-themed one, like like some rabbits or carrots or something. I don't actually do the decorative towels, so I wouldn't do that now. But I'm saying, in a fantasy alternate universe where I do the dangly towels and I don't have children that would, like, rip them off, I would totally do an Easter one. Yeah. At Easter time or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think for adults it's just kind of like whatever the adult would want. Or maybe treats. I mean, but there are Easter-themed treats. Like, for you, I definitely would put some Cadbury eggs in your basket and some of those chicks and bunnies, because I know you look forward to those. I hope so. But other than that, I think it's just kind of, you know, it's not, like, Easter-specific, maybe. Mm-hmm. Unless you would like some bubbles and maybe some sidewalk chalk. Especially with you. Mm-hmm. I love bubbles. <laughs> to say nothing of the sidewalk chalk. Yes, well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's... Unless there's something else you can think of that we haven't covered, I think that pretty much hits it. Cool. When is Easter Day? It's the very beginning of, of April, like maybe the 4th. The very, I think it's the first Sunday of April. It's like almost a so it's only like a month away. Like that's why that's why like I know it seems early, but Easter falls early this year, so that's why I'm like pushing it so hard Mm -hmm. to get everything ready. Because you know everything's going to be sold out in another couple weeks. It's already getting. I assume yeah, it's already getting weird at the store. I would imagine Mm -hmm. I haven't been to a store in so long. I have no idea what it looks like. You said they've redone the Target since I was there last time. They have. Yeah, so that's that's bizarre. You wouldn't recognize it. Does it look like classier or just different? Just different. Is it like they just moved the stuff to different depart areas? Yeah, and they kind of changed the layout in the back end area more. Mm-hmm. They also play music in Target. You know? Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. They got a good soundtrack though. I don't mind it anymore. I was like a jar at first, but I think they like pick good songs. That's good. It's very, like, on-brand for Target, I feel like. It's very, like, indie rock and, like, tripod quest type stuff, you know? Is it like you're here to accidentally spend $100 on things you weren't planning to buy? It's like Vampire Weekend played, and then next thing you know, you're in the men's department. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But thank you for being on the Rob Burgess Show. Oh, you're welcome. I I think I'll see you again soon. (laughs) Happy Easter. Okay.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.